This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. And welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. I'm highly caffeinated. I've had like three cups of coffee today. Typically, I don't ingest that much caffeine, but I, I mean, I get excited because I find out when I get tired. I'm like, okay, around two o'clock. That's when I should have a cup of coffee, two o'clock in the afternoon. And maybe I should have a cup of coffee, obviously, when I wake up. And maybe I have one like around seven or eight just to kind of get me through and I don't know. It just, uh, it's its really interesting. Enough of the random caffeinated coffee talk. Very, very special guest this week. It is Sean Moeller, and I am probably butchering the pronunciation of the last name, and I apologize. You think I should ask these beautiful people that are on my show how to pronounce their last name. But anyways, Sean Moeller from the amazing website Day Trotter, and more on him in a minute, but I was so amped to get him on the show. Our partner, PropertyofZach.com. If you haven't heard me mention them, now's the time. Property of Zach. Go visit the website. It'll give you all the latest and greatest of what's happening within the independent music culture, the scene, what's happening with tours, what's happening with releases, just, you know, keeping you abreast of all the latest and greatest and sometimes breaking news. I just, I can't say enough good things about them. So go to the website, become educated. Uh, also, if you're feeling very generous, give something to the show, go to iTunes, drop some stars as far as a review is concerned. Or if you're feeling even more generous, you can write some words. They can be kind. They can be mean. They can suggest guests, whatever, whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you what to put because then obviously I would just be telling you to give five star amazing reviews every single time you submit something, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, the more you give some love to the show on iTunes, the higher ranking it gets, the more people pay attention to it and trust it. And they're like, oh, all these people like it. That must be okay. So please do that. And uh, we are part of the How We Are podcast network. Visit howweare.org and you can find out information about this show and also a lot of other cool shows that are music-based, but all have their own unique vibe going on. So check out the site. It'll tell you everything you need to know. And uh, yeah, basically, it's just about exposing all of you fine people to other awesome audio content on the web. There's so much shit out there that we're trying to help you filter out the stuff that just doesn't matter. Big order of business. Congratulations to our editor, Tom Richfield. He never tells me shit. I have to like find out stuff through social media. He fucking graduated college, and that's a big deal. University, I think they call it, because he's in the UK. Thanks for telling me, Tom, dickhead. Congratulations to him. He graduated, and now he's smart, has a piece of paper that tells him he can accomplish things in his life. But uh, yeah, it's amazing, and good job to him. Something else before we talk to Sean, and I kind of set it up appropriately. I got an email recently from one of our regular listeners. His name is Nick. And uh, he sent an email that was like just totally, I don't know, I never thought about music in this context. But uh, music is situational. It sounds so simple, 
But, uh, you know, he was just talking about how you're not going to listen to, you know, random example, but like, you know, Earth Crisis on the Beach. You might listen to real estate or some other sort of, you know, indie band that kind of leaves you in a dreamy state or whatever. But yeah, I come to realize that it's just like, you know, all we're trying to do within our lives, especially for those people who are passionate about music, is trying to find those moments and those moments that can sync up with music, whether or not it's something you're actually listening to at that moment, it's something you listen to later that reminds you one distinct memory that's just like, I don't know why this sticks in my head, but Copeland on the record Underneath the Medicine Street, it's that song, Wind Paula Sparks, it's like, I want to say track six or seven on the record. I don't know why this stands out so much, but I just remember being on tour sitting in the van everybody else is in the house that we're staying at i just i was feeling kind of antisocial at the time and then this just slight rain started to come down i can't remember what city it was somewhere in the midwest i want to say like indiana something like that it's just one of those moments that i was listening to that song in the van and it just like it i could still close my eyes and picture almost every single thing it was like you know 11 34 at night something i don't know just i'm pulling out random details but it's just one of those things where it's like that song that moment was just like so transcendent and perfect and then after that song was over i was like oh i feel better about myself i'm gonna go inside and hang out with everybody else so anyways music is situational not like you needed to hear that but it just kind of reframed it for me and it reminded me why we pay attention to music in the first place (laughs) uh anyways speaking of situational uh, Sean Moeller, he is a, a guest that I've wanted to have on the show for quite some time. He runs a website called Day Trotter. And for those of you who aren't familiar, get fucking familiar. The website's incredible. Basically, to, to sum it up, is he has some bands come through a small town in Illinois called Rock Island, and they record a, a live set, whether it's acoustic, whether it's full band, whatever. And then he has it up on his site for free for a certain period of time, or if you are a subscriber to his site, you're able to access all of the archives and all the different bands that have visited his studio. And I mean, it started off just, you know, as this total idea, and as he describes in his interview, just keeps growing and growing. I mean, he's had everybody from, you know, Chris Christopherson to Bon Iver to Into It Over It, just like so much awesome stuff spanning pretty much every musical genre you could potentially imagine. And it's just such a great website and you could just tell it it drips with passion and it drips with enthusiasm still to this day. I mean, he launched it in like, you know, early 2000s before a lot of these, you know, subscription-based services existed and I just, you know, I really admire what he does. So I wanted to get him on the show for quite some time and we were trading messages on social networks for a while and then finally it all synced up and it was awesome. And um, yeah, here's my conversation with Sean and we'll talk to you afterwards. personal introduction to you know kind of what you were doing and the studio is based in rock island illinois right yeah that's right so i've played that city before i used to play in hardcore bands from like 97 till about 2005 and so like once i started to become aware that day trotter was you know a thing and people were stopping by and then i looked at where you guys were located and i'm like who the fuck starts something in rock island illinois and i'm sure you've been asked that before too yeah 
I mean, especially around the time that you guys started, where it's like, yeah, the internet was obviously a thing, but getting bands to do anything 10 minutes down the road is difficult, let alone a stop in kind of the quote-unquote middle of nowhere. (laughs) When you guys first obviously started to have bands coming through, was it one of those things where they're like, wait, where am I going? Why am I doing this? Yeah, that's that's true for sure. Was it basically just like, no, I promise it'll be cool once you get here? Did you have to do a lot of convincing? I wouldn't say there was a ton of convincing. It wasn't that. It was more like, you know, I, I was doing a lot of uh, freelance writing for, you know, alt weeklies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a bunch of a bunch of monthly publications that, that don't exist anymore. And, uh, you know, somehow, somehow those contacts kind of, I guess my work uh, as a writer, those places was enough to sort of validate. Sure this weird idea I had and, and you know as strange as it seems I mean back in 2006 um, you know this idea was sort of strange I mean you know the idea of obviously radio shows and, and you know Loretta Lynn used to pop into radio stations and you know hand them a, hand them a copy of her new record and, and you know play a song you know on air i mean that stuff's been around forever but but really kind of that marriage of you know the studio space um marrying with broadcasting it on the internet the way we were going to do it was fairly novel when we started and and so you know somehow this this crazy idea i was able to validate it um with with publicists and labels and, and bands because they liked my writing they, yeah they, you know they saw they saw the work i did and, and saw i guess that i wasn't just a, a hack you right. know and and you know i but you know i think that goes a long way you know i mean you you, you can chuckle about it and and, and it's, i think there's so much lazy journalism out there and so i think if anybody shows even like a minor bit of competency you know perhaps you're willing to go along with them you know if they have an idea that that strays a little bit from what they normally do and i think that's i think that's essentially kind of how i was able to to do this at the beginning so i i don't think that there was i don't recall ever really having to sell it too hard yeah. you know i mean you have to sell it hard to kind of you know to, to people that you know even still to this day i mean if if we're ever to get tom petty in for a session Right. I have to sell that way harder than I have to sell it to say the parquet courts or, or you <laughs> right, know right. any of those bands. It's like I mean, people that have like essentially grown up their entire lives understanding, appreciating, and sort of embracing the internet. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, oddly enough, it, it wasn't a crazy sell job. I mean, just even our location. You know, I mean, you still get it every once in a while where we're in the middle of nowhere, but. You know, this is still this is still on you know one of the most traveled interstates in in the country, and and uh, right. you know whether they ever knew that Rock Island existed, you know, because you can't see it off the interstate, right? <laughs> but you know, you're driving. You know, once once people realized that they were driving past it, and and that it was you know just just a little bit south of the interstate there, yeah. Um, you know, it becomes a much easier thing to sort of grasp and, and, and understand. Right. Well, no, um, I, th- I think you hit in a very important point because a lot of people, I mean, especially within like the music industry, because I've traveled within that for years and years working at labels and stuff like that. And if you develop a reputation of being, like you said, even just like a minor, uh, you know, a small level of competence, people, people trust you and they're like, okay, that, you know, yeah. Sean knows what he's doing. So He's not going to, you know, lead us down a road that's just like, oh, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is terrible. It's like, no, he's, you know, he's he's flushed this idea out. This isn't just some 17-year-old kid who, um, you know, yeah. 
started he's out. Just looking to get, you know, he's just looking to get on a guest list for a show. Right. You know, I mean that. You know, right. but I mean that that's that's so much of it. I mean, I I think that's not to badmouth anybody, but I think that's that's you know so many you know people that get into music journalism. I mean, shit, you look you look from the outside in, mm-hmm. it was amazing. You know, to, to just, you just review a record and, and you get promos, you know, free records sent your way, and you get on guest lists, and it's like you know. I, I think anybody, when, when you first, I mean, I, I'll never forget, you know, when I started working, um, you know, I worked for the newspaper here in town, you know, in the sports department for a number of years, and I finally weaseled my way into doing some, some you know, entertainment stories here and there. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, kind of the very first time that a publicist, uh, I can't even remember how, how it sort of came up, but like, if I, I, if I needed anything, if I needed any, like, you know... <laughs> copy of the record or something like that you know right and like i didn't even i i had no clue i had <laughs> yeah. no clue that 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 it would be like fedex to me overnight and that it would be like in my door right. the following morning so that i could be ready for the interview like i had no idea that that's how it worked amazing sort of you know you're just like holy shit right. like that this is incredible like here's this record that comes out in three months i have it you know before like anybody like i mean there's something incredible about that and, and and obviously like there is that allure to to you know being in the music is just you know writing reviews right you know uh doing advances for shows coming to town you know it's like obviously you're helping out those those artists and, and otherwise they wouldn't do it there's still just tons of people that, that you know you'll do it for the free records and 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 for for the uh the guest list slots and and there's nothing wrong with it it's just, I guess there's, there's more, you yeah. know, no, no, there, there no. should be more, there should be more for the artist. You know I mean? That's always been my thing is, is, you know, it's like when you see, I mean, I've, I've gotten to be friends with a lot of, you know, people, you know, a lot of artists and, and man, I mean, you, you, you just see how down, you know, people can get when it's like, you know, you put your heart and soul into to writing these songs. I mean, you're making art, you know I mean? That's, let's, let's never forget that. I mean, I've tried to never forget that because, that's my favorite part about it is like, you know, these people are, are you know, they're writers, mm-hmm. you know, they're writers and they're artists and they're making art. This is their art. And when, when it gets sort of kind of chewed up, I mean, essentially chewed up, either dismissed or, or just barely digested and then, you know, thrown onto a page or on a website with a couple of lines. Um, that were just copy and pasted directly from a, pu- you know, a press release. Right. Yeah, you know, it's 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 devastating. Yeah. You know, it's devastating and, and it's something that I've never wanted to do. That that's sort of, you know, what what the great majority of of music journalism is. Yeah. Well, no, I think I I think you hit a very important point, the fact that, you know, basically if you're doing, you know, if you're doing something as um unlucrative as a music journalist, because obviously it's like it's very difficult especially you know, and no matter what time you're writing, it, it's it's been difficult to do that for years and years. But absolutely, but absolutely. but when when everything that, that's where the free records and the guest list passes come in. I mean, like literally. I mean, that's that's how you're paid. That's why people do it because, like, well, you're not getting paid shit, right? And well, at least I got a free record, and I got to go see that show I wanted to see. Right. I mean, that that's really where what it comes down. To. The point that I think, or that I hear from what you're saying, is the fact that. You know, all that stuff that you're talking about, like any of the quote unquote perks that you get, that obviously should be a byproduct of the of why you're doing it in the first place. Everything else, right. you know, should be. yeah, it should be. Yeah. It's like rather, rather than that being the uh, primary goal of you, like you said, obtaining free product and, you know, seeing shows for free and stuff. But yeah, I think yeah. that, yeah, that's definitely an important point. 
And I mean, I think, and, and that's, and that's, I guess, that's what I've always sort of had, you know, that's, that's the way I've always sort of felt. And so, I, you know, I, I think that was pretty evident, you know, I think with, with any of these people that I approached early on about this project mm-hmm. and, and that's how I've always looked at it. I mean, it's, it's now my business, it's my company, whatever you want to call it, but it's still a project, you know, it's, it's this, this, it's this interesting art project, you know, that, that I started, right. um, you know, eight years ago. And, and I think that's sort of what people, you know, saw, I think, I think it was pretty clear that I was doing it out of, out of that sort of love and that sort of appreciation of this art, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And to, to back things up, were you, uh, you know, born and raised in the Midwest? Like where, where'd you, where did you come up, so to speak? Yeah, I grew up right here. I grew up in Davenport. Um, that's where I still live. Okay. Um, you know, we're, you know, just across the river, I can see the studio from my house, you know, <laughs> across the, the mighty Mississippi there. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, you know, I've always liked it here. It's always been kind of that place. Uh, well, I, I've never really, I've never considered leaving. Like, uh, you know, I think uh, enough of the people that I grew up with, you know, couldn't wait to get out of here. And, mm-hmm. and I always kind of thought they were fools. Um, right. and, and really, the, the more... You know, I've gotten to go to some cool places, and and um, I, there's still no place I'd rather live. You know? Yeah, no, I, I, because I, I've spent a lot of time. Uh, my stepfather was raised in Farmington, Illinois, which is, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, it's a small town. Like I and sure. me myself, like I had never, you know, I was born in Las Vegas and spent most of my time in Southern California, and so it's like I never had that sort of small town experience, and so going back there and visiting, uh, and then also touring and playing a lot of these places, it gave me a perspective because you know coming from an urban area, you're just like, Oh, you know, fuck, why would you want to live in a small town? Like Jesus, there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing going on there. Um, but then there obviously is a distinct, uh, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but like a charm to it. There's like, obviously there's something that tethers you to it. And it's like, I see why, like you said, I think there's two types of people where it's like one, like yourself who obviously can still, uh, be a part of a community from a larger sense of the term, but then also be, a part of the community as in like your next door neighbors and stuff like that. And then there's, yeah. there's obviously, like you said, the people who just can't wait, you know, once they grow up, they're like, Oh, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, for, for us here, I mean, it, it's one of these places that, that I think is, is, uh, it's hard to understand, you know, cause, cause here, I mean, there's a half million people that live here and yet it does feel like a small town, you know, and, and, you know, we have a minor league baseball team. We got, you know, like, I don't know, like there's, there's a lot of really great sort of perks, you know, that, that people just don't know about. I mean, like I said, you know, if you're just driving on Interstate 80, which, you know, that's how most people experience this area, God, you don't see anything. You don't see anything about, you know, of Davenport or Rock Island. Like, that, that's, you know, you get to see a, a couple hotels right. there off the exit, you know, but otherwise you don't see anything. And, and um, I don't know. I mean, that, there, there's so many amazing places. I mean, there's so many amazing places in Iowa, you right. know, just in the state of Iowa. That, like, if people really knew they existed, like, you know, tons of people would travel there right. because they're great, right. you know? Right. And yet, you know, it's, it's like that. I mean, the, you know, not to get all patriotic, but this country is pretty amazing. You yeah. know, like there's, there's so many brilliant pockets, you know, of, of, you know, cities that are, you know, a thousand people live there. And yet it's like the best city that you'll ever want to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's, it's incredible, yeah. you know? And, and so I think, I don't know. I mean, even just, you know, I, I, Lately, I've been talking about, you know, Nashville a lot. And obviously, it's not like Nashville is an unknown thing. But if you go to Nashville now, it's just like, it's just an amazing place to be. Because, like, 
even these little neighborhoods that, you know, were nothing a couple of years ago are now these like interesting thriving pockets where there's all these like young people starting up, you know, businesses and, mm-hmm. and opening shops. And, and, um, I don't know. I mean, like you can kind of do that anywhere. And I mean, that's, you know, to kind of bring it back to what we're actually talking about, you know, I can operate day charter here and, and I've been able to make it what it is from here because of the internet, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously, it was an essential part of the entire sort of idea in, at its inception is, is the fact that this was going to be an internet based thing. And, and yet, you know, it's, it's amazing what you can, what you can do now. I mean, shit, you got a, you got a square reader, you know, for your iPhone, yeah. and you can accept credit cards wherever. I mean, you can be in the dinkiest little city and you can have the best technology in the world, yeah. you know, and, and it's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's revolutionizing everything that anybody thought was possible. Right. Yeah. You don't you don't like you said, you don't need to live in one of these, quote unquote, media capital empires in order to be able to accomplish something, you know, like like exactly how you're viewing Daytrotter as like a project. You can you can launch something like that with, uh, you know, obviously a lot of elbow work, but still live where you want to live. And that's like that. Yeah. That in of itself was something that obviously like our parents never, they didn't have that ability. They had to be, yeah, they had to be down the street from the factory or whatever using a, you know, using an archetype, but yeah. So, um, and what was your, so what was your family structure like brothers and sisters? And what did your, uh, what did your mom and dad do for a living? Yeah, I, I, have two, I have two sisters, and uh, uh, I grew up on a farm, you know, so my dad was a farmer, and my mom, you know, raised us, you know, at home. Nice. And um, so that, you know, that was That's like the, pretty uh, all-American right. Iowa <laughs> yeah. story, right? What, what did you grow at the farm, or what did you produce? Corn and beans, and uh, we raised hogs for quite a while. Nice. Sort of. Right. Yeah, it was, I mean, it yeah. was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, like, it's one of those things, I mean, you reflect back on, I mean, it's I, I'm absolutely lucky as hell that I got to grow up that way. And, and you know, when you're a kid, I, I don't know that you really appreciate it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of forced labor, right. you know, that, that, you know, if you didn't want to do it, it, it became a kind of a pain in your butt. But right. um, it's one of those things in hindsight, they're like, well, hell, I wouldn't be the person I am now if, if that hadn't happened. So right. pretty good. And, you know? and you also... I- I always look at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of these uh, industries that obviously, like I was mentioning earlier, where it's like our, you know, our parents were able to experience this and 20 to 40 years. It's like the idea of, you know, being raised in a farm that's obviously becoming less and less uh, a thing. And so it's like that that is a unique experience in and of itself where it's like, you know, 80 years ago, that was what you did. Like you were raised on a farm, right. like you were, you were not sure. raised in the city. So, uh, right. Right. And, and so you're, as you started to, um, you know, so you, you obviously spent your formative years in, in Davenport in regards to like once you started to go to high school and stuff like that. Yeah. When did, uh, when did kind of, you know, independent music start to pop into your life? Because obviously in Davenport, it's not like you have your local all ages venue down the street besides like a VFW hall that I'm sure people put shows on. Yeah, it. But, sure. um, yeah. So how did that start to become a part of your life? You know, I mean, it really wasn't until college. I mean, you know, in high school, I was I was pretty much Blue Album Pinkerton fan. Okay. And uh, that was my preoccupation. And then, you know, once I got to college, I went to the University of Iowa, and, and uh, that was where I sort of finally got, like, a record store. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. here in Davenport, we had a Best Buy. That was it, you know. Mm-hmm. There were a couple. There, there was one independent record store, but, you know, when you, when you can't drive, 
at least Best Buy had, you know, appliances and other things that maybe mom or dad needed to, to go check out. So right, right. I didn't, I didn't get to go just to the record store before I could drive. So, I mean, everything was sort of, you know, at the mall, you know, I mean, when uh, Disc Jockey still existed or Sam Goody, you know, we had those, I suppose. So yep, yep. Every once in a while. I mean, you know, in high school, it was, it was mostly... I went through my, uh, you know, kind of my hip-hop phase, you know, when, when uh, cassette singles were kind of the thing. I'd, I'd watch Yo! MTV raps, and uh, as soon as I could after seeing the newest episode, I'd, you know, hopefully tag on with Mom to the mall for something and, and uh, buy a couple cassette singles. It's sort of amazing to me that she, she <laughs> bought them for me. I mean, they all had parental advisories on them, but right. somehow, somehow she didn't, even pay attention or something. I don't even understand how it happened, but yeah, no, I, I, you know that's that's basically how I, I you know that was that was my phase and and you know it was like you know, ghetto boys and you know getting underground and, and all that stuff. Eric B and Rakim. Because I I myself had the similar experience in regards to like the cassette singles. Like that was such. Uh, I mean, obviously it was such a scam. It was such like. But you as a kid, yeah. you as a kid were like, okay. I can buy this cassette single for four dollars, yeah. whereas you know you could buy the album for like sixteen or seventeen bucks. But your your brain didn't compute that because you knew that you couldn't right. afford that. But I just remember, right. you know, it's like I honestly, for nostalgia purposes only, I definitely still have a drawer full of my cassette. Oh sing- yeah, yeah, sure. and it's like it's it was such an amazing industry that you know capitalized yeah. <laughs> capitalized on young kids getting. Well, into you know, that. I mean, hell, it's, it's it's really no different than you know buying a single. I mean. You know, for for better or worse, you know, I bought the Robin Thick. You know, <laughs> I, I bought blurred lines on iTunes the other day. Just to, you know, have it. my kids like the song, or you know, it's like we listen to it in the radio. It's like I have all kinds of singles like that on my phone. Just play for for my kids. You know, or like you know, right. play that play that Justin Bieber song or whatever. You know, and and uh, sure. you know, it's like I mean, a buck twenty nine. I mean, you're talking about a digital file. I, at least cassette singles were something physical. You know, it's like it was something that had to be produced. You know, there's there's the tape, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, there's at least something you can hold. I mean, you know, the idea of a dollar twenty nine for for a digital file, uh, is, <laughs> yeah, that, that's way more of a record than cassette singles ever were. Right, right. <laughs> no, it's it's totally true. Um, and so you, and we got no problem. We got no problem buying singles on iTunes, no, do we? None, not at all, dude. A, do, a dollar, not at all. Totally fine. Dollar twenty nine, totally yep. fine. So you, so basically, in high school, it was kind of whatever was on the radio. And like, did you, what, did you enjoy your high school experience? Were you, you know, what did you find yourself? Yeah, what did you find yourself yeah, it was doing? Great. Well, I was, I, I, I ran cross country and track and played baseball and basketball and. and uh, got it. So I was, you know, I was, I was a really good runner. I was, you know, all state runner and all that good stuff. And went to went to college to to run. Oh wow! Uh, I got a scholarship to, to run at Iowa. So. That's what I did. What was your uh, What was your event? Were you uh, primarily just track and field, or were you cross country? It was all It was all distance stuff. Yeah, it was cross country. So nice. Um, and do you still Do you still have a a, a quote unquote passion for that? Because <laughs> I don't think that I, do. I don't think that dies over time. Yeah, that's really kind of one of those things. I, I don't know. I've, I've I've found that 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 anybody that's sort of in distance running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you kind of don't lose it, I guess. You know, when you get older, you do realize, God, that's the easiest way to stay in shape. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think when you do it at the level that I did it at, it, it, it's pretty hard not to, uh, you know, want to at least try to stay decently mm-hmm. um, good at it. You know, it's like, you, yeah. you know, I, I certainly have plenty of teammates in college who, who, who you know, got 
put on some weight, you know, but, right, uh, right. you know, the, the majority of us are still sort of doing it. And, uh, you know, uh, you kind of feel like a doofus if you don't keep doing it. Right. You know? I mean, I, I, I think, you know, we, my wife and I, we've been having kids for the last few years and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of both have, have let it go a little bit. And, um, you know, just this last year we, we, um, you know, we've really gotten back to like making it a priority of like taking care of ourselves and like, you know, running and getting out and being active and, it feels so much better. Yeah. You know, you just feel great. So, you know, if I, if I can get out and get five, seven miles in every day, you know, I'd feel so much better after I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you have like a, uh, you know, a sort of Olympic hopefuls or, or, or like, no, no chance. No, no chance. No chance. <laughs> no. Um, no, I was, I was good. I wasn't anywhere that good. Got it. Know? Got it. Um, and so, like you said, as as college started to open up your 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 musical palette, uh, what did you? Because obviously, Day Trotter in and of itself is you know somewhat of a, a reflection of your tastes. But what did you what did you gravitate towards towards the beginning? Like you said, obviously, Weezer was kind of a thing. But you know, did you find yourself yeah. primarily interested in like you know indie rock? Were you getting into you know metal? Like where where did you find yourself at? Yeah, well, I mean, right around that time, I mean, when I first got to, to college, I mean, it's sort of in 97, um, you know, it's, it's when I, it, it's really when kind of like all the Elephant Six collective stuff was was really happening, so like, you know, Elf Power of Montreal, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Cherry Peel by Elf Montreal had, had, you know, either just come out or, or was really soon after that came out, and, um, you know, that was, that was a record that really kind of, you know, started some things for me, um, it really just kind of, I mean, once you kind of got into that Elephant Six stuff, um, you know, it spiderwebs out pretty pretty quickly. There's so many offshoots and, you know, circulatory system and Beulah and Apple and Stereo. And, sure. And, and, you know, it just kind of keeps it going. Everybody had so many projects, and it was and it was just fantastic, you know, Masters of the Hemisphere. and mm-hmm. It just goes on and on, and, and, and I just kind of like, you know, I mean, there's there's a great club in in Iowa City. I mean, it still exists. It's gone through a couple of iterations since I, I left college, but it was you know, called Gabe's Oasis. Oh and, yeah. And I mean, you know, there, there was and there was a show there every night. I'm sure you played there a bunch of times. One of one of one of the worst bathrooms in the entire country. One of the worst bathrooms in the entire country, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a dirty rock club, and and yet they had shows every night. You know, with three, four band bills, and and um, right. God, I I. I would go by myself, you know, if I couldn't find anybody to go with me, I, I didn't care. I, I went and, and, and went to tons of shows and, and, um, right. you know, very, you know, pretty quickly, I mean, pretty quickly you can kind of feel yourself going down the rabbit hole. Right. And, um, so it was, you know, elephant six stuff and, and, uh, you know, then, then, I mean, you know, during that time too was, you know, kind of when all the, the Lawrence, Kansas stuff was happening with the Ghetto Kids, sure. the Facebook, and the Anniversary, and mm-hmm. and all these like really, you know, just bands that were taking a lot of that Weezer stuff and and, and channeling it into, um, you know, more of more of an indie rock, whatever you want to call it. I, you know, I'm not really big on labels, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just, just that sort of thing. Um, you know, the whole Omaha scene. I mean, obviously. You know, Connor was starting to do all the, yeah. the bright eyed stuff, and then that was shooting off into like all the Tim Casher stuff with cursive. It, it was incredible. Yeah. And then, you know, the great thing about where I live is, you know, a lot of that stuff was happening really close. So, I mean, like the Get Up Kids, Bright Eyes, and all those people were playing Iowa City a lot. And, you know, it was really before they were massive. And, and so to like be able to see that stuff, I mean, I mean, they would come a couple of times a semester, you know, to play in Iowa City. And, and, um, 
it was it was it was pretty fantastic, you know, like we that we were we kind of had that close up. I mean, you know, the promise ring and all that stuff. I mean, that was in Milwaukee. I mean, there was you know, Joan of Arc and and you know there was yeah, there was so much. so much of that really pivotal, really pivotal sort of music for for kind of the entire scene was happening within a couple hours, you know, away from us, and it was a really beautiful time as far as being able to experience all of that firsthand. Sure, yeah, you know, and it's, basically once you know once all those bands obviously started to come out to like California, like that's when the Midwest became known, where it was like holy shit, yeah. like there's so much happening in this area that so many bands sure. just try to tour over. Like they just don't want to play there because the shows are terrible. But then that kind of, that turned the corner where it's like, okay, like there's a scene in these certain areas and you got to play there. So yeah, that's, that's cool. Sure. That you, that's cool that you were at, you felt like there was a, a ground zero where it's like a lot of bands were obviously coming through yeah. and you experienced a lot. Yeah, and, and, and really, you know, I mean, one of the, one of the coolest things for me, you know, that, that I don't even think I recognized it at the time, you know, like not really, not until just now. Mm-hmm where, you know, most of those bands were like, you know, I was in college and they should have been in college. They should have been like, you know, in, in classes with me, but (laughs) they weren't, you know, like they were already like out doing what they thought they were going to do for a living. And, and, you know, to really look back on it now, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say I'm friends with, with Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids or, or David Von Bullen or Dan Deirdre, but like from, from Promise Ring, but you know, we're, we're, we're certainly not, not friends, you know, like they're, they're sort of like peers and they, they respect what I do. And then we're, we're sort of very, very distant kind of buddies, you know? And, and just like, even thinking about that, it's like, wait, you know, like I was going to your shows. Oh, but you were only like a year older than me. You know, you like, you, you were the senior in high school and I was a junior. And yet, you know, like in, in sort of high school, you know, parlance, like, you didn't hang out with the seniors in high school because, you know, they were way cooler, way better, or <laughs> right. older. I mean, they, they were way older than you, you know, like, even though that's crazy, you know, to think about. But, like, you know, all these, all those guys in those scenes were, you know, relatively around my same age. Right. And yet it didn't feel like it. It felt like they were out there sort of conquering, which was, you know. Yeah. No. Now, it, now to think about it, it's really, really interesting. It, like, totally. You know, it almost feels like they had such a head start, you know. Yeah. Or or, or one could argue that they, uh, that you're obviously living in a state of suspended animation where it's like, obviously they put the, yeah. the quote unquote life on hold. And then now they're experiencing some of the same stuff that, uh, you know, you might have been experiencing a few years ago, but yeah, that's it. I, right. it, it is funny. Where it's like you put a person on the stage, and even though, and I use the word stage in air quotes because obviously the stages are small, but the uh, the idea that because a person is on a stage, they feel definitively older than you, even though it's like no, they probably were like a year or two older than me, if that. I, I think I, I think a lot of things get get really distorted that way. You know, I, I mean, no matter what, I mean, there, there's all kinds of 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 weird things, you know, weird tricks that your mind plays, yeah. you know, uh, in, in your sort of analysis of what you're watching. During college is when you became more interested in, you know, writing and that, that kind of started to introduce itself. Reading and writing was, were always sort of like the things that, that's always sort of been a mainstay for me. I mean, when I was a kid, I was just like, I was infatuated with newspapers. I mean, you know, we'd go on like summer vacations and every time we got out of the car to, you know, eat or, or get gas or whatever, uh, you know, I made my mom or dad give me a newspaper, you know, and so, like, I'd have a whole fucking car seat of, like, <laughs> newspapers that I had been, like, devouring on our trip, and, yeah. like, it, it became, like, you know, just, like, 
and I, you know, I don't think I would throw them away. Like for some reason, I would not let them, you know, make me throw them away. So you know, it was just it yeah. got ridiculous, you know. But it <laughs> yeah. was like I had this collection of like stacks of newspapers, you know, as we were like traveling around, you know, sure. it got ridiculous, but. Um, I mean, that was always sort of something for me. It's like, you know, we'd go on these vacations, you know, in the summer that, that were essentially sort of, you know, boring and, and, uh, we didn't really do anything. You know, my dad never really kind of let us do anything fun. It was sort of like the vacation was for him, right. you know, like he was a farmer. <laughs> yeah. He works really hard to, you know, like this was a vacation for him, you know, and we had to come with, you know? And so like, we basically did what he wanted to do, which, some of it was fun, most of it wasn't, and so, you know, I would just bring stacks of books and, you know, newspapers and magazines and all this stuff, and just, you know, it was wonderful for, you know, it was like, it was my favorite time, it was just like, I get to just sit in this car and read all day, it's yeah. amazing, you know? <laughs> no one, no one bugs and so me, that, no one that bugs was me. always my thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, you know, I went to school to become a writer, and, and you know, I, I went to majored in journalism and minored in English and business and um you know so that was always my thing I mean when 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 I first got to Iowa um you know and and kind of got into the you know the record store stuff and going to tons of shows like you know I made a zine and and you know I do interviews from my dorm room you know so you know with bands and Mm -hmm. you know it was it was just kind of like it's I guess it started all it all sort of exploded a little bit you know just like where I was able to like you know put put everything together yeah that's such an important point because i definitely uh i did a lot of freelance writing towards the end of the 90s and early 2000s just for you know friends magazines uh, that are like you joked around no longer exist but that that feeling of like okay like i've always enjoyed my my english classes and i've uh, been passionate about music but then yeah when you make that connection in your brain like whoa wait i can do both of them at the same time like holy shit like that's totally life-altering yeah, and, and what you know, and what's weird about that is, is you know, the thought of like you know when I was in first starting college in '97, in it's like the the thought of you know starting a website, uh, you know, that didn't exist. You know, like I mean, like to, to actually, you know, kind of quote unquote publish yourself. You know, zines have been around for you know a super long time, and and that was sort of you know it's always been the self publisher sort of mode, and and yet. You know, there was no thought. I mean, even when I started Day Trotter, it was, you know, not really something where it's like, well, you know, what am I going to do? I, I, I don't know how to make a website. I, you know, like, so just, I guess, just start a website, I guess. Even then, it was kind of one of those things. It was like, well, how do you do that? I don't even know how to do that. Don't really know that many people that know how to do it. Mm. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, even in college, it's, you know, like I said, it's like, well, I guess I'll just go to a copy machine and just, you know, <laughs> like I, I typed up all this shit, you know, I guess just go to a copy machine and, and copy a bunch of, you know, a bunch of times and then <laughs> right. put it out at some record stores or, you know, like just put some stacks of it in a couple places, you know, like whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. Once Day Trotter started and then obviously it became the project that you were working on. Uh, the easiest way to define that something is like a thing is like, wow, I'm, I'm like starting to make a living off of this. But in your own mind, when did you start to notice that like day trotter had become, uh, you know, this, uh, a more meaningful piece of the independent music puzzle where I was like, holy shit, like I didn't expect to get this person to agree to do, you know, come to rock Island or whatever. You know, I don't really know. I mean, it's... I know it's hard to reflect, but it was one of those things where I'm sure it's just like, obviously it gradually happened, but, um, you know, I'm sure there was like those certain feelings that started to yeah, change. Yeah, I mean, well, well, 
Well, there's certain moments. I mean, just certain people that we had in for sessions that, that you're sort of like people that, that uh, you kind of just didn't expect it to embrace the idea mm-hmm. as, as soon as they did. I mean, one of the biggest ones was when, you know, Will Oldham came in for the first time. And, and um, sure. it was one of those things that happened really last minute. And I've been asking and, and kind of inquiring. And then he finally, you know, decided, you know, two days before it was going to happen that he, he wanted to do it. And it's, his publicist was kind of shocked about it and, and, <laughs> yeah. you know she was like she's like he never does any stuff anything like this but but he checked out the side and he, he he thinks it's great and whatever and so he came in and did a session and, and it was it was great you know he's 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 a really great slash weird interesting guy mm-hmm. and um you know i think he always makes things a little bit slightly awkward and and, and of course and uh, that's just his way you know so he left here and we're just like wow that was really cool and whatever and we posted the session and a lot of people loved it and uh, um you know it was kind of one of our first big like big sessions that like you know got a lot of recognition you know uh-huh. um relatively so and uh you know we heard about later you know from his publicist that you know he was on you know letterman or leno or something like that not too long after the session he was telling everybody in the green room about how great day trotter was and you know like that was sort of like one of those things right. you hear something like that you're just sort of like that's surreal you know, that that's just bizarre and and yet you know even to think about it now it's like i mean when we posted the very first you know, Bonnie Prince Billy session. I think it was like only like the twentieth session we ever posted, or you know, something like it was like, you know, really early on. And and yet, you know, to to say it was only the twentieth, that that meant it was like four months into our existence because we only posted one session a week when we started. You know, right. But but just even the thought that you know, hey, we're so young, and and there's this guy that's been doing this for a really long time that finds what we're doing good um yeah. was, was kind of an important moment yeah know? no that that's awesome that it, it definitely feels like when you are in a situation and you're just like whoa what is this person doing in front of me that that's when you know that um whether or not it has any resonance outside of you know outside of the moment that you're experiencing that's when it's like oh wow like i didn't expect to be here <laughs> Yeah, I really like what you guys have done, obviously, with the whole final subscription. Well, when I say final subscription, you know, the free item when you subscribe sure. to Day Trotter, right. because it's like, obviously, in this day and age that, you know, the everybody else is caught up with the idea of, you know, hey, let's record acoustic performances. And like, obviously, there's that sense yeah. of uh, and I don't even use the word competition in like, a, you know, in a corporate sense where it's like, OK, well, sure. here's here's Day Trotter, this, you know pillar of the community let's fucking take him down but um you right. got like you've obviously had to you know you've been forced to do things uh differently than you might have you know a few years ago because there obviously is so much uh you know for lack of a better term clutter out there but you've you seem to stick true to the tenants that obviously you've founded day trotter on that's obviously been a pretty right. pretty important component to what you're doing just interesting to to see what's happened over the last eight years. I guess it, you know, I've always kind of looked at it as, as you know, well, there's there's lots of magazines, you know, and and yet, you know, Rolling Stone keeps, you know, for some reason that still holds importance, you know, for whatever reason. Right. Um, you know, I I think for us, I mean, just kind of our timeline. You know, we've had to 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 figure things out. Uh, you know, I think. You know, with, with anything, it, I, I I don't look at any of these other people necessarily as competitors. I think, I think it's 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 one of those things where you know if if, if they started what they started, you know, with with the same idea as I had, of of you know I want people to know about this great band that nobody knows about, 
or I want, you know, like I, I want to help these guys uh, hopefully get to keep doing this for the rest of their lives, you know, or as long as they want to do it. And, um, you know, if, if, if all these other, you know, people kind of, you know, doing sessions and things like that are doing it for that reason, then the more the merrier, really. You sure, know? sure. Um, because cause that, that should be the reason that anybody does this. And, and you know, that's never changed for me. Um, you know, it's, it's always sort of been one of those things where it's like, if I can use this really great platform that I now have to get people to listen to more Nathaniel Rateliff, you know, then I'm doing a great thing for the entire world. Right, you know? right, right. Not, not just Nathaniel Rateliff. And, and so it's like, if I can put his music in front of tens of thousands of people, I'm doing great work, right. you know? And, and so that's always sort of been the purpose for me. It's always sort of been this thing that, that guides everything that, that we do. And then, you know, you, you can still never lose sight of the fact that, um, you know, everybody has to, to survive. And, and, and so, you know, for us, when we had to make the change uh, to a membership model a few years ago, you know, it was with, a, it, it was, it was with no, no shortage of nervousness and, 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 you know, worried sort of days and nights of, you know, we have to, if we, if we don't do this, you know, we were losing so much money every month. If we don't do this, we have to shut down because, you know, we, we can't afford to do this. Like this, this is, this is not working. And, um, so, you know, we made that decision and, um, you know, it's, it's really been kind of the best decision we've ever made. It's, it, you know, we're, we're, we're now able to see what we're doing and, and, and look at kind of what we have to work with and be like, we're, we're going to be able to do day trotter, yeah. you know, like for, for a long time now. I mean, just, just with, you know, the people that have, you know, supported us and, and, and feel that it's something they need in their life. They're not just supporting what we do. They're, they're essentially saying that they're willing to support these bands that we put in there. Because I, I, I truly believe that anybody that, that's a member of Day Trotter is, is one of those people that's, that's going to go buy the records. And, and they're, they're those people that are, you know, we, we've essentially, you know, collected or, or on a daily basis collecting an audience that is willing to pay for music. You know, they don't come to Day Trotter to buy the Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zero session, right? Mm-hmm. They come to Day Trotter, you know, and they give us a couple dollars a month to be exposed to the things that, that you know, on a daily basis, I'm trying to to discover myself, right. you know, because uh, you know, I'm a music fan myself, you know, more so, you know, more so than a lot of people. And, and yeah. I'm looking for things that I love, and, and I've curated Day Trotter based on what I think is great. So people are coming to our site and giving us a couple dollars to, to allow us to keep doing what we're doing to hopefully help them keep discovering what they love, you know? And, and that, that audience, I think it's an important part of this whole thing where it's like we're not on iTunes, you know? People aren't coming to us with a specific thing that they want to buy. You know, we're kind of in this with you, you know, like we're, we're all music discoverers and, and if you can sort of help us. And, and, and what's, what's interesting, I think, about what we do is, is that it's, I find it to be really incredible and, and, and I'm sort of on a daily basis amazed by it, you know, because we have so many bands that come in now that, that just, it's like the thing they've been looking forward to on tour. And, and you know, it, it's, got, you know it, it's amazing to me. It's amazing that we are that, you know, one of those things that, that people look forward to. And, and yet the, it's because of this, this combination of, of us doing something for them and them doing something for themselves that, that I don't think they get too many places where, 
you know, we're able to provide them with this 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 really attentive audience and, and this audience that that sort of wants to find them, yeah. right? And they're able to come in and do something for themselves. You know, it's it's not a live performance. It's not in front of an audience. It's not necessarily a studio thing where where there's this weird expectation of posterity. You know, where it's like this album has to be perfect because this is our album. You know, right? And and but it's this this weird place, this this spot that they can be creative. You know, where they're you know they're they're tired, they're exhausted because they're on the road, and yet the songs are different now. You know, than they were when they recorded them for the album, and and they can be creative and they can kind of make this, this little, this little postcard that, you know, even though it doesn't have the feel of this, this kind of eternal posterity, like it is, you know, and, and yet it still can be loose and it can still just sort of be for them. And yet when it turns out great, which I don't know how it happens almost all the time it does though, when it turns out great, it becomes this thing that their fans and people that, that maybe have never heard of them yet, can just fall in love with how I view what you guys do. And I think that, I mean, in hearing what you say, I think this is, uh, you know, a good synopsis where it's like, because there's so much, there's obviously so much the ease of access to everything, whether it's movies, music, entertainment in general, because of the ease of access that there needs to be, um, you know, curators, whether it's like, you know, whether it's an individual person, whether it's obviously what day trotters doing, people need assistance. When I say people, I mean, people who haven't, uh, you know, they aren't people that can't do it yes, all day long. Exactly. You know, I exactly. mean, cause, cause you look at it, it's like, there's more bands than ever before in the history of the world. Right. More people playing in bands, starting bands than any time ever. And it's like, you know, look, you, you go out and you find, you find the curator or the curators that you believe in. You, you find the ones that don't let you down. You find the ones that, uh, um, you know, everybody has them, whether it's like, you know, an old uncle that had a great record collection that got you started and it's like, <laughs> yeah. holy shit, everything that uncle Dan listens to is amazing. You know, like this guy is sort of my muse, you know, like this is, he, I, I will follow his musical taste. Like everybody has that guy. And now, you know, you have, you have those people that, that are sort of your friends or acquaintances that, that still do that for you. But then you have this, this beautiful wealth of, of, of essentially the same kind of people. It's like, I'm, I, I decide who goes on day trader. Nobody else chooses who comes in to do a day trader session. Everything goes through me. So it's like, I have this, this thing called day trader, but it's really like Sean's curation. And, and it's like, right. if you, if you dig what I listen to, here's a whole crap load of amazing stuff to listen to, you know? Yeah. And that, that and that, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. What, um, uh, and, and, and the great thing is like, you can't find it anywhere else. You know I mean? Right. It's like, this doesn't exist anywhere else. The the yeah. song that, you, any of the songs that you hear on Day Trotter, they don't exist anywhere else. You cannot yeah. go to iTunes or RDO or, or, or Pandora and, and hear Day Trotter stuff. Like that yeah. doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Which is awesome. Just cause I always find this curious and funny when obviously uh, something becomes, you know, somewhat of, uh, and I'll use this descriptor. You never used this, but you know, an institution runs like day trotter definitely is, uh, you know, an important part of, you know, many bands lives as far as, you know, coming by and doing a session just because a lot of people know about it now. What's mm-hmm. been the, what's been the most random, like, has there been metal bands that have come to you? Has there been a lot of bands that are like totally left of center that you're just like, I don't know that we can do this. 
just like stylistically? Not not really. It, it's nothing stylistically. Like I, I okay. wouldn't say that there's anything like that that doesn't work. Like the only reason that something couldn't work is just because I don't feel like it can work in our studio. Like I mean, the Got way it. we record things, where everything's live in one room. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's a reason that there aren't more metal bands on the site. It's not because I don't want them on the site. It's not that I don't think that there's a shitload of great ones. It's right. because it's really hard to record in the way that we record sessions. And, sure. and so, you know, like I would love, I would love to do more, you know, big band jazz stuff or, or you know, whatever, like you just big bands in general. Like I would love to do that, but our studio is not that big, you know? So it's like, you know, and, and those people don't travel, you know, it's like there, there should be more hip hop on the site. And it's not because we can't record it properly. That's the easiest stuff in the world to record, but they don't tour like, indie rock bands you know they they don't come through rock island because you know they're flying between shows or or they're only hitting major markets you know so it's like i mean there should be way more hip-hop on the site but you know the only reason that that something you know isn't necessarily on the site is really because i I don't know that we can do it justice or or that they're unavailable and and you know at the same time i mean there's weird ones there's there's strange ones i mean there's some people that that you know i'm considering now you know, for sessions that are are questionable, where it's like, right. you know, that's that's not that's not you know total straight up you know day trotter stuff. But my determination of of any of that stuff is I listen to the radio. Like I love radio stuff. Like I mean, if something's great, there's there's no denying it. You know, there's there's I don't have any hipster cred. I don't, I don't I'm I'm not sort of the cool police. You know, like I'm not gonna. I love Pitchfork. I think Pitchfork's great. It's been an amazing tool for the music industry, and yet there are so many things. There are so many great indie bands that exist, you know, that, that are successful that Pitchfork won't review, you know, ever. Like, you know, they they, they, <laughs> yeah. they will never find a place on Pitchfork for, for whatever reason. It doesn't make any sense, and yet, hey, you know, it's their site. They can They can write about whomever they want, and yet there is that sense that, you know, and, and they've cultivated it of this stuff is cool, you know, and, yep. and it's great, you know, whatever, you know, like you, you take, you should take Pitchfork for what it is. And you know, what it is, is a great, great thing. You know, it, it, it really is. It's helped so many bands, you know, it's hurt some bands, but not as many as it's helped. I don't think, of course, you know, of course. but, but I've never felt like I'm the cool police. And, and, you yeah. know, I've always said, it's like, you know, I'd love to have Garth Brooks in for a session, you know, like, right. I think him in our setting would be great. Him just yeah. playing like an acoustic guitar or or whatever. There, but but if you if you if that's how I always think about it. It's like and if and if I think about it in those terms, there's all kinds of people that I think could be great. Like could a massive fan at all of Taylor Swift? But do I think that if if in the right setting she could come into Day Trotter and probably do one of the best sessions we've ever taped? Yeah, I do. You know, like. I think right. with the right circumstances, she could come in, you know, if she embraced sort of the idea of Day Trotter, I think she would probably do one of the best Day Trotter sessions ever. Yeah. You know, that's just me. It's like, I mean, I think there's all kinds of people like that that maybe are just sort of like, you know, oh, that's, you know, it's trained or whatever. And it's like, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they, there is no denying, I mean, you know, that they write songs that are going to be heard on the radio you know 50 years from now like yeah there's no denying it there will, there'll be a station that plays 
all the oldies hits from 2010, (laughs) and they will be, you know, still one of the biggest bands that's that's ever existed. Like, you know, doesn't mean you have to like it. They are a thing. They need to. They they, they are a thing, and and it's like I feel like you know, like it's my taste, and yet I have a wide ranging taste. You know, like I've, you know, like I said, I went through my rap phase. I, you know, my my parents. I think the only records they ever had in their house were, were, you know, Alabama records, and uh, my dad had like a fifth, you know, some fifth dimension records. I mean, in the association. (laughs) I mean, it was just like. My dad, for some reason, listened to some of the wussiest stuff ever, and, you know, he still, like, loves it, and it's like, you know, I I get it, I get it, you know, and it's like, you know, that's the stuff I listen to. I went through my hip-hop phase, I, you know, basically, like, I buy a lot of new records now, but, like, you know, a lot of my vinyl purchases are, are really me kind of being into, like, my first real big sort of, like, country bluegrass sort of folk phase, and it's like, I like everything, you know, and it's like, if it's good if if it's a great song if it's a great songwriting i'm i'm totally gonna invite those people into our our, our studio and then i look at what day trotter is is like it's a curation thing that that's you know i'm not gonna let anything bad get on day trotter and that doesn't mm. mean that you're gonna love it but i'm not gonna let anything bad get on day trotter and i think that's right. kind of my only that, that's your only that's your criteria my main filter that's my main filter it's like it's not gonna be bad it might not be what you love but you should at least give it a chance because it's not bad. And yeah. and and it's like I look at what Day Trotter is as as sort of that curation thing, but as, even more so just because of I I think the way that I've always sort of I've sort of uh, uh, worked is is we work so you know we post so many sessions and we work with so many bands and, and it's not it's not because we don't turn people down. It's not because you know we're taping just everybody that wants to come in. I mean, there's tons of people that don't get to do day trotter sessions. You know, I think that's the thing that people need to really understand is like there are so many bands, there are so many people doing music, mm-hmm. and 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 um, but yeah, I look at kind of what we're doing too as, as sort of this, you know, it's 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 this chronicle of like this is music as it is now. This is the good stuff as it is now and obviously we don't get everybody it's like if if we did you know jay-z would have a session and kanye west and all these you know amazing <laughs> yeah. artists would have a data our session yet i'm trying you know it's like that those are still my goals it's like i but i want it to be i want it to be as comprehensive as possible that sure. that i can i can you know and, and that's sort of the thing that i work on every day is like how could i get more of those great hip-hop bands and how could i get more of those great metal bands and you know what do i have to do to like figure that out how how do i make our studio you know uh, able to to handle that stuff because like i want kind of the archive of day trotter to be this 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 amazing sort of living breathing example of what you know these, these years are putting out it's like i i want you know i want icona pop to come in and do a day trotter session just because they made this one song that it's like it's it's undeniably everywhere you know it's like i want you know i want the florida georgia line to come in and do a day trotter session you know you know it's like it's stuff like that where it's like you can't deny a great song you know it might not be your favorite you might hate that it gets stuck in your head and and just even like a one-hit wonder even just like a single that you're just like god i hate that i heard it 20 times today but 
I want to hear it again probably next week, you know? Right, right. There's a, there's, there's a relevance behind it. I think you summarized it best where it's just like you are, you're, you're looking to create a snapshot and that snapshot shouldn't be limited in any sense of the term. It should be limiting as far as like, okay, this is tech, like, it's just bad. Like this just is not good. And I think that that, I mean, obviously bad is subjective, but that is ultimately what makes day trotter powerful because it's subjective if it wasn't you would obviously you would have like you said the doors would be wide open you need to have some sort of limiting uh focus on it because yeah otherwise then then the trust is broken and people are just like oh this is this is shit it's like people can say it's shit based on their own personal taste but it's definitely not diverting from what you've originally set out to do right well i'm not going to keep you any longer because i think we could talk for another two hours that would be rude of me but uh yeah thank you so much john i really appreciate it hey man that was great Okay, there you have it, everybody. Yeah, what a great chat, right? Just kind of meandered. Even though it was over the phone, it felt like, you know, we were just kind of hanging out in the front porch, and maybe that's just because he's from the Midwest, and I have an affinity for the Midwest, and I don't know. It just kind of felt like that very, very good conversation. I always like it when I'm not catching a person in the middle of, like, a press cycle, in the middle of something that they're pitching, and, you know, they don't have their kind of typical interview chops up not to say that like sean was like unpolished and he didn't express himself well but there's that little that that guard is down where it's not like okay i need to make sure that i'm saying this you know certain pitch appropriately or whatever oh my new record comes out on such and such and such a date so anyways i just really like that sean was it just felt so real and casual visit propertyofzach.com visit 100wordspodcast.com i post a ton of stuff on there in between the shows and I, i think if you like the show you'll probably find some worth on the website until next week be safe everybody